Episode 219 of Kane's Cast and Shane Willis. I know that you are an excellent builder, so I have some questions for you. It is summertime. I expect to be sweating in this conversation. Oh, we're sweating because we're in my office and it's the summertime and there's no air conditioning in here. I wish the ice was back in. Now it is hot in here today. <laughs> See? You sit here. Although mid-season, you could hang meat in your office. Well, it, it doubles as a cooler. Yeah. And then it now it in the summertime, it's a smokehouse. And so, the, the best part in season, you don't even have to put your storm brew in the cooler. No, just put it right on the ledge <laughs> right here. About 35, 45 seconds, insta-chill. And, you know, now here, if you've got like some... Some meat that you want to turn into beef jerky or yeah. a Slim Jim, same thing. It's a little hot. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny because if anybody's ever been up in the press box where my office is, I can tell you exactly where the air conditioning stops, and it's not a picture of Justin Williams. <laughs> it really is. Over his right shin pad. Exactly. Uh, but as you mentioned, a storm brew, perfect weather for storm brew. 97 calories, 2.4 carbs. You can get it from any of your favorite grocery stores. It is a crisp, bright a crisp, light, and bright, refreshing lager. I had some at the uh, the beach last week. Oh. Got me through the heat. I bet it did. It did. So, in fact, people uh, at the Outer Banks are like, how do I get that out here? I'm like, huh? Ask your local grocery store. Yeah, you got to hound people. Got to get on. R&D's got to reach out. Make it happen. Stretch it out a little bit. Make it happen. Let's get the reach out to the ghost and get it going. Uh, which it's the summertime. So there's a few things right now that we can point to some storylines that people will have Shane, some questions people have about the team, about getting things done, not getting things done. Uh, one thing that did get done for the hurricanes, Ethan bear gets a one year, $2.2 million deal. How big of a, a contract and how big of a year is this for Ethan bear? Because I think if we go back to the start of the year, there was a lot of promise with, with Ethan bear. And he showed it. He was playing on the top pairing with Jacob Slavin. He was running some power play time. And then, unfortunately, he gets diagnosed with COVID. He has to stay behind in San Jose on that long West Coast trip. And that was when everything was really kind of disconnected. You had to leave players behind in a hotel for a week plus. And then when he came back, he just could never find his footing. And also, give a little credit to Tony D'Angelo, where the door opened to move up to that pairing. And he did nothing for Rod Brindamore and Tim Gleason to say, well, you need to move back down. You know, it's kind of the prove you can stay here. So he did. But for Ethan Bear, one, why is this a good fit for the Canes in, in your eyes? And two, how important is it for him to, I just, I, I've got to go back to it, get back to the start of the season that he had last year for the Canes? Well, I think it's extremely important for both sides, Mike, organizationally, they need Ethan Bear to play. They need him to play minutes um, with another guy who I thought stepped up big time in Bear's departure was Brendan Smith. And, you know, Brendan Smith is now signed with the New Jersey Devils. So Ethan Bear is needed in this lineup. When you look at the top six, I put Ethan Bear in that top six and needing to play. So the organization needs Ethan Bear to get back to exactly what you talked about at the start of the year. When Ethan Bear arrived in Carolina I thought his start was very good he was skating well he was moving you could see the potential and the upside that he had and he's had his whole life I mean everyone's talked about Ethan Bear since he's been drafted and he just hasn't found and what I know as a player is so important is that fit and that mentality and that daily work and grind you put in to find success and I know the team when he left here had some long conversations with Ethan Bear about what they wanted to do this offseason and where they needed him to be 
when he arrived back in Raleigh in September. And, you know, I think it's a little bit of weight off Ethan Bear's shoulders, but there's also a little bit of pressure because it's only a one-year deal. Yeah. And you're back to the start of, you have to come out and prove yourself. You're in a situation now as a player that on a one-year deal at $2.2 million, this is a huge year. Because you take another step towards free agency where teams don't have to give you a qualifying offer. And, you know, you can get caught in the uh, silo of players that are like, you want them? Maybe we'll undercut them. Maybe we can get them for way less than this. So, you know, I hope Ethan Bear's at home just grinding, just pounding the gym, working extremely hard, working on the ice, getting ready to be a big part of this team. And I think he has that potential. When you look at Ethan Bear, and yes, the end of the year wasn't, to me, it wasn't what Ethan Bear can bring to the table. The start was, and I think there's more. So the team and the coaching staff goes into this season expecting that. And I think as a fan, you should expect that and and be positive with what he can bring to the table. And it's a big off season, but you know, as of today, which is the end of July, Michael, I think uh, you know I'm excited to have Ethan Bear back because he does have that potential. Yeah, and I think that's for me looking at the deal, why does it make sense? Because of that potential. The Canes saw it. They know there's something there. Let me know if I'm out of bounds with this one. As you say, this is such a huge contract for him. This deal, in in a certain framework for me, is kind of how important Tony D'Angelo's deal was last year. Meaning, Tony D'Angelo, not completely different circumstances. I'm just talking about on ice, show up, do the job, show that you're a... Uh, an NHL player every day. D'Angelo took the ball and ran with it and you know, got himself a, a very good deal with Philadelphia uh, when, he gets, when he got traded to the Flyers. On the same side of this, I'm looking at that for Ethan Bear. This is his chance to show, no, I, I, I deserve a contract to stay in the league more than what you just say. Being that guy who continually is caught in, I love the word, the silo. You know, put me in the grain elevator and you're going to scoop me out with, uh, maybe you can get me with this guy or that guy. No, this is a chance for Ethan Bear to show maybe I'm more than just a, a top six defenseman. Maybe I am a second-pairing guy. Maybe I can run a power play in the NHL. So I'm with you. I think it's a big contract for him. It's a kind of prove-it contract. And, you know, a lot of guys, sometimes that stress isn't good. But for others, I think, all right, time, time to put up. And we'll see what uh, what we can do. And as a player, you sit here and you go, wow, I just got my one-year deal and it's worth some really good money in $2.2 million. What comes with that is a ton of pressure. And what it's going to take from Ethan Bear this year is a ton of maturity. He's going to have to step up to the plate. You mentioned Tony D'Angelo and what he went through to make it happen. A lot more games, a lot more tenure in Tony D'Angelo to deal with that pressure because what also comes with a contract that's at $2.2 million as I repeat that again if you are not playing well if you are not getting the job done and showing those steps forward you are in the bottom pair and that price tag is too high for a lot of teams in the bottom pair you will be shown or they will be looking to move you as soon as possible there's that pressure. That's the reality. I'm not trying to say that to be to be mean to players around the league, but when you're on those bottom pairs and you're not getting things done and you're making that much money, teams are going to try and shed that as fast as possible. That's just the reality of it. So, so a big year for Ethan Bear. I again, 
I believe in him. I can, I'll state that again. I believe he has the potential and the ability to do it. It is, you know, we're already at the end of July. Like I said, hopefully the grind has been there for this young man. And he shows up um, with that really hard focus and ready-to-go mentality that this team needs. Well, the, the, the funny thing is, you just said it, we're at the end of July. Yeah, we're almost we're, there. We're like a month and a half away. We know in August players start showing up into the cities where they're going to play and start skating and getting their optional skates in and getting together with the club. And then before you know it, it's training camp, and you got preseason games, and, and here we go. So as a guy who's lived through this, what's this stretch like? I mean, have you already, like, if you're not already working out, you're behind the eight ball, or is this when you start to ramp up the working out to get ready for what's going to be a grind of a season? <laughs> well, the game has changed. <laughs> <laughs> so I would tell you that when I played, most guys were starting to wind it up now, right? Really get into it of like, you know, most guys are going to be first of August, okay, Let's step on the ice now for the first time. That's different now. Guys have been grinding hard. The way they train is different. We talk to our great friend, Billy Berniston, um, all the time and what he's going to put these guys under. So guys know what they need, especially guys that maybe were behind when they left. They have to do extra. Um, so they know when they get back in here. And I think that's one thing when we talk about culture of this team that Rod and Bill wanted to build, along with the leaders, of how early guys get back to the city. You know, when I played, it was a lot of guys wouldn't come back till the day before training camp. They would continue to work out at home and train at home. But this organization has now set up facilities here that players are excited to get back to. Bill Berniston and Rod have set up a culture and expectation that players are excited to get back to. And it's done by the leaders. Yeah. Jordan Stahl, Jacob Slavin, Brett Pesci, you know, Sebastian Ajo, Andre Svechkov. These guys get back here first. And when you see that as a teammate, you're like, hold on, I've got to get back there now. You know, let's go to work. These guys know it takes early arrival and hard work to accomplish what they want. And that's winning a Stanley Cup. Oh, we've talked about this with the additions of Brent Burns and Max Pacioretty, but trying to tie it into what you just said, what does that do for the established guys on the team to see that Brent Burns, because now you know everything's on social media. Everything gets out there when guys are out there and they see, Brent Burns is already working out with Bill Berniston. He's already putting in, he just got here and he's putting in the work at the facilities to, to get ready for the year. Does that, does that a have an impact on the established guys? And then B for a new guy, is that your leader? I got to be me. Or is it like normally I got to kind of ease my way into a team or if you're an alpha, you, you got it. I'm, this is it from day one. This is why you brought me in here. How do you, how does that team dynamic work? Do you think? Different from younger guy to older guy. Yeah. Brent Burns, you know, at 37 years old, is going to jump right into a leadership role with this team. And not only, Mike, was he in the gym with Bill Berniston when he was in town with his wife, you know, looking for a new home and, and getting settled into the area. He was destroying the gym. Yeah. Like, I mean, this guy, and everyone's compared him to how much he works out and what he does off the ice, similar to what Rod does. Uh, you know, and he joked, he's like, I'm not going to get any contest with Rod. But when you impress uh, Bill Berniston coming in on day one, that's a great thing for a player. That's a great thing for a team. Um, I was in there for a couple minutes just walking by. Of course, I didn't want to ever 
think someone thought I was going back in the gym, but, um, you know, I walked by and, and saw Brent in there. Justin Williams was there talking to him, and it's immediate for a guy like that, immediate for a guy like Max Pacioretty. These older players have come here for a reason, and, and, it's, and it's to win. And it's not to win the regular season. And that's the message Rod puts out to the team all the time. We're not here to win the regular season. We're not here to win the Metro Division. We're here to win the Stanley Cup. All those things are great steps to it. But you can win the Metro and not win the Cup. That doesn't mean you had a great year. You had a good year. Yeah. But it's not a great year. Um, And these guys want to be a part of it, and they're excited to be here. So I'm looking forward to September or late August and watching the flow of these players come back in and watch the tempo that they hit the ice with. Uh I think you and I have gotten to know each other well enough over these years that you figured out, I'm not a fan of the participation trophy. I'm not that guy. But when did the season go from, you know, we won the division, we won a couple of playoff rounds, to if you don't win the Stanley Cup, it's, we didn't have a good year. And I, I think it's different. Like for, for certain teams, it's always different. Like go back to 2019 when the Canes make the run to the conference finals. That's a great year. Now, the, the players, and I'm, I'm talking not on a player mentality because you play the game to win the cup, right, Shane? That's it. That, that's, yes, the money's great and all of that, but when you're talking about veterans and what goes into this, the work you have to put in, you're there to see your name etched on that silver chalice forever. That's what the players and the management and the coaching staff is all about. So let me just line that one up. I'm going from the when does it change because – You've been on this side of it now, covering it on the media, where we had this great run, and now it's not good enough. I, I hate to tell this. If, if not winning the Stanley Cup means you've had a failed season, 31 fan bases can't be mad at how their season goes if they didn't win the whole thing. Yeah, some are just matter longer. <laughs> well, you know, I think if you make the Stanley Cup Finals or you lose in the Eastern Conference Finals and you win your division and things like that, I think – you're frustrated, but you can build on that. Yeah. A team that finishes bottom five and doesn't sniff many wins all year long, you are extremely upset as a fan base. And you want to see the team take steps forward. Where I think it changed in watching the game. Obviously, everyone knows and everyone's always known what the Stanley Cup means. But I think, one, the amount of players, ex-players, that are in management roles and coaching roles now who have won the cup and who haven't won the cup. I think that brings it to another level because these players know you can't play forever. You don't get 50 shots at the Stanley Cup. You might get one, two, three in your entire career. And these players have voiced that and and talked to these younger players about what that means and how hard it is. So I think that is up the ante a little bit. And I think the other part is the parody throughout the league because you look at teams now, really every team, you know, maybe not the bottom five have legitimate shots at making a run. You know, they push, have a great season. Guys get on fire. They make a trade at the deadline and there are 25 teams that are legit. Yep. You know, all the teams that get into playoffs are legit. I think is that's a great point because is that where maybe the frustration is set in? Because when we were growing up, me a little bit, more so the first two rounds were tap-ins but yeah what when i grew up you knew you knew who would the final four should be there would be an upset but you went into it and you're like you grew up in edmonton you knew that it was going to be edmonton and they were going to play whoever came out of the norris so chicago was usually good minnesota had some decent teams 
I'd say the Leafs, but come on. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, especially in the 80s. But Well, for those years, the dynasty was you knew the Oilers were going to face Philadelphia or the Islanders. It was basically given. Yeah. And you just waited for it. Yep. Boston would sneak in there. Yeah. That's you well, know, Boston and Hartford were always battle, and then Boston yeah. and Montreal would beat each other up. But you, you knew the setup is what you just said with the parody that I never, ever remember a time in this league where when you you can say it, all you have to do is get in the playoffs. And now you have a shot to win the cup. So is that where maybe that comes in? Because the difference between Colorado and Tampa were very good. And and yeah. I think we saw that. But and especially Colorado out west with, you know, not that they ran through everybody, but I've never remembered a time where you can convince me any of the sixteen teams really do have a shot at winning the Stanley Cup. I mean, heck, Montreal two years ago. We forget about this. Montreal went to the final. We know it was modified in different divisions. They still got to the Stanley Cup final. Yes. And then they finished dead last. I was going to say something else. <laughs> they they really took a tumble. Yeah, they, 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 it, it, has, it, it de-escalated quickly in Montreal. It really did. So, but it, it just goes to show that, like, I think that's where some of the angst might come in from because if you get in, you have the chance to win. And it's funny because during the season, I try to explain to people, you know, when the Canes would lose to Ottawa or Detroit, oh, how can you lose? Because those teams have good players. Yeah. Every team has players who are capable of doing something really good every night to help yeah. their team win. Even the don't, bad teams have that. Don't sleep on Ottawa this year. Oh, my goodness. No, What I, a let, summer they've had. And you reminded me because we had a good conversation. And it's funny how some things in the summertime can slip. We're looking at teams that improved in the offseason. And if we're going to look at the Eastern Conference, the Canes should still be up there. The Florida Panthers certainly are going to be up there. Uh, I, I know that they traded away two very good pieces in Jonathan Uberto and Mackenzie Weger. But I told, they bring I, in a, a young winger to help them get yeah. better. I've said this on a couple radio shows and podcasts that I think Florida – is the same. They're still. They were going to be good with those two. Do I think they're that much better with Matthew Kachuk? Not really, because you gave up two huge pieces. Right. So they were going to be good whether they made that trade or not. Um. But I agree. Tampa's always going to be good yep. because you have a goaltender and they locked up all their defensemen long term. They did lose a guy huge and Andre Plot and, oh, and Ryan McDonough. McDonough. So yeah, they lost some two key pieces. pieces. Um. I really thought the Rangers would do more. I, I I don't dislike what the Rangers did, but I'm with you. They made all of those trades, and I'm like, well, they're going to keep these guys. You know, they'll keep a Vetrano. They'll keep. Andrew I don't know Cop. how. I thought they would have kept Vetrano at that price, but they heads didn't. to Anaheim and Cop heads. You know, Cop wanted to go back home. I think he saw a door wide open for him in Detroit, and why wouldn't a kid want to go home? And uh, again, another team. I don't know if they're ready yet for that next jump but, but they're they, going to be better detroit took more than one step forward yeah and then going back to ottawa you had to remind me oh yeah they got cam talbot because i'm like correct yeah, goaltending goal is going to be a bit of a oh they have cam talbot now ottawa's throwing their hat right into the mix of we might be good enough to get in the playoffs and then do some damage when you get there like that's all those teams you really don't like when you look at florida you're right i, I don't think they did anything on paper Yes, they bring in, they bring in Matthew Kachuk, who I think is going to be excellent. Let's yeah. not sleep on him. Plus, he's twenty four years old. So why why I don't think because to me it wasn't the goal scoring that was the issue in Florida. 
you know, Bobrovsky had a pretty good year in net. To me, your weakness was on defense, and you gave up one of your top four and weaker on defense. So to me, I think they got weaker on the back end. They haven't really brought anything in unless I miss somebody. But they're always going to be able to score goals. Kachuk makes them bigger and harder to play against. Like, does he play a physical, more physical game against Tampa that allows them to get by the Tampa Bay Lightning with his physicality? Maybe. But I think there, I think those are other things too that will come out. And I read an article the other day on on TSN talking about there'll be more info coming out about Calgary and Matthew Kachuk and really the behind the, the yeah. none of us know. You know, was there a broken relationship? Were there issues in the locker room? Was it an issue between him, he and the coach? Maybe. You don't know. Because well, I mean, it, it wasn't a money thing. Calgary had the money. Well, it's the same. Why did Johnny Gaudreau leave? I, I think, and this this is where let me play the American for you, because you're a proud Canadian. Yes. And you, and I, you and I like to spar, especially about hockey supremacy about this. I do think there's something to guys wanting to play in the United States if you were born in the States. Well, one, the tax implications well, help. That's No, seriously, that's a big deal. So when you say... Well, Steven Stamkos did not go to Toronto for a reason. All right. When you say the money is there in Calgary, you're right. They can offer $10 million. Yes. But after taxes, it's not $10 million. He made out huge by going to Florida where there's no state tax. Yeah, no state income tax. I said that to someone the other day. These states with no income tax have a huge advantage in the sporting world. Oh, yeah. And if free Asian guys haven't figured it out yet, think about it. Um, it's just tough in Calgary because the rink needs to new yes. be redone. They need a new facility. There's fights between ownership and the city. Like there's just a lot of issues there, and and, and that rink stinks. And again, literally I, I, smells. Yeah, well, it's because of that. <laughs> it's been there for a long time. Well, that rainstorm, that flood that went through there, 1987. It's been there for the Olympics. Yep. So, uh. Yeah, the rain that is above everybody's head, and yeah. they marked it off. Just molding. <laughs> I mean, it's an old building, and facilities, all that matters. But, I, again, Calgary will be fine, but it's going to be hard to keep. You really have to overspend to keep guys if you're a Canadian team and you're not in Toronto, you're not in Vancouver. Does the league ever look at that? I think they have to at some point because it's a competitive disadvantage for the Canadian teams. So let's use this trade – for an example, or Gaudreau's signing, Matthew Kachuk got $9.5 million in Florida. Mm-hmm. To be For him to legitimately have stayed in Calgary, it probably would have taken upwards of $12 million. Yeah. I mean, I think minimum would be eleven. Yeah, and that's more than McDavid. Yeah, so that's not happening. Which, that's the roof right now. Connor yeah. McDavid is the ceiling. Whatever he makes, everyone makes less than that. And that's why it's not going to happen. That's why it can't happen. Now, if you're a Canadian, you want to play at home... You want to play in your home country? I, that's what does that's Edmonton fun. have to offer him at the end of his contract to keep him? They have to win. They have to show him that he wants to. Well, that's a big part to, of it no, too. No, but he wants to win. But Edmonton has to show him that they are committed to winning every year that Connor McDavid puts on an Oilers uniform. And then, then that starts turning into, well, does Connor McDavid then start taking less money to stay in Edmonton to put more players around him to win? Like that's that, that, that takes a, that takes a very 22. mature player. It does, but I think that this year goes a long way in, in a player like Connor McDavid wanting to stay in Edmonton. When okay. you when you see the winning, and you see where your team's going, and I mean, you see they, what the town does when you're winning. Correct. Management went out and they got him a goaltender. 
Is he good enough? I don't know. We'll see. They kept Evander Kane, who was a big piece for them. Um, Again, when you talk about guys who are on prove-it contracts or... He that, did. That guy had everything sure in the world to prove. And Now, to flip the script a little bit, uh, article yesterday I read, uh, Jonathan Taves said, no thanks to a rebuild in Chicago. Pretty sure Patrick Kane's in the same boat. Right. So head on a swivel for a Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane trade at some point during the season. So that's why when we talk about certain teams, well, I'm surprised they haven't done this, or I thought they would do more, or how come my team? Those are two players who they know are on the general managers know they're in play. I don't know. And, and now for a guy I, like Jonathan I, Taves, he's got to go out and prove it at the start of the year. He had a very difficult year left last year, not playing a lot. I hate saying that about a guy who's done so much as a captain. He, you, but you're not going to give up a first round pick if no, he's not playing well. No, you, you're the the prize of the two is Patrick Kane because of his ability, how he can still play. I don't want to downplay Jonathan Taves. Taves is the guy where if you think you're going to win a Stanley Cup, just having him in the room, oh. taking faceoffs. You could put him on your fourth line. Yeah. And he just wants to win. You don't think at the trade deadline, you know, that Rod Brindamore wouldn't think about, could I add Jonathan Taves to my fourth line? Penalty killing? I think every team that feels they're in the playoffs is going to call Chicago and say. Because Chicago's going to eat some money, right? If you can get the, him to do it, yeah. For but, a first-round pick and a prospect, all they want is picks and young guys. I feel bad for Peter Mrazek. He may face 50 shots this year every game. <laughs> He he might be the might be the first goaltender in NHL history to have an eight fifty save percentage and fa- and make forty five saves a night. Um, What's our betting show called again? Uh, live on the line. Live on the line on Bally's. The odds are go against the Hawks a lot. So here here's the thing: uh, as we're we're just in the land of make believe, Kane and Taves both make ten five. When both you s- no move clause. Yes, full no movement clauses. But so they can I pick th- where they want to go. I think it's been made very, very clear that they're not going to stay there. Uh, and give Chicago credit. They didn't actively shop them. They, well, we said we wanted them to be here, teach the young guys Ooh. how to play. They were too busy actively shopping everyone else on their roster. Yeah. Yeah. What a draft. Yeah. I had t- <laughs> I'm not going to name names. I got a text from a guy who works in Chicago. He said, oh, my, get me out of here. <laughs> During the draft, he was like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> uh, well, when you say eat salary, I think that's the thing that happens where if somebody will take Jonathan Taves, it could be a, you don't even have to, you don't have to give up anything to get him. Chicago will just move his, if you take his full, because by the time you yeah, make the trade for him. But your cap hit's still 10 and a half. You're not paying him the full 10 boat, but that still hits your cap. Somebody gets put on long-term IR. That's a you have two guys for ten million. How many guys make ten mil? Eh, not a ton. So you'll have to send somebody back somewhere. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but that's why they have people who do the caponomics, and we just talk about yeah, adding these. That's, why, that's not our job. No, no, our job I'd is to get way, the guy on the team. You know, if I was a GM, I'd be way over the cap. We'd be like, "What happened? I don't know. That guy's good. I gave him some money. I want to win. These <laughs> yeah. are all good players. Can we not win with this team? Do we need more?" <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> let, me, let me call Mr. Dundon. Let's see what he thinks. But we go we go back to, you know, the, the point that we were driving at with, you know, what's Florida doing and these teams adding and trying to get better. There's always a move that gets made during the season to make teams better. I just kind of wanted to look at the Eastern Conference as it stacks up right now. You're talking about Florida. Did they get better? I mean, what matters? 
Uh, maybe they, I, I don't think they got worse. We'll see if they got better. I think the Canes got better. The Canes did get better. Let's 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 stop at home right here. The Canes are better, fans. There is, all right. As we're here on July what twenty ninth. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Oh, jeez. Oh, coffee. Can I just know? spilled my coffee, everyone. Did you see? Did you see the reaction? <laughs> Mike went for the glove save. Uh, it's still good. It's all right, still we're good. good. Arm is there. Nothing with electricity, and it got spilled on. If you've ever seen the movie uh, Ghostbusters, and the flowers are still standing. Mike is taking a t- a timeout on no, the no, podcast. No, I'm, I'm good. I, I'm I'm gonna play through this. I'm fine. Clean up the, Shane's mess. I'm finding the napkin here. There it is. Live action. Hey, we record these live. We could edit and post, but no, I think this is now part of the show. Uh, the let's break down the canes. Where they got better on the blue line. I know that that's hard to say, but you add, you lose Tony D'Angelo, and then you lose. Two guys in that bottom pairing who are outstanding penalty killers, Brendan Smith, Grit, Cole, Grit. Those guys understood that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's a tough loss. And you know, it's whenever you say you get better, there's always that immediate thought of, well, the guys who left were, were you know aren't as good. That's not what we're saying. No, you can get better. Brent Burns paired up with Jacob Slavin, running the number one power play, now makes the Canes defense better. I think Dylan Coughlin is going to be a very good player. Who He's the guy who comes across Sleeper. with Max Pacioretty. Just, folks, I can't tell you how many times. And let's go back to, again, tipping our cap as we always do, at Don Waddell and his staff. When the thoughts come around to Max Pacioretty, they knew exactly what other piece to say, hey, we want that guy too because we're taking all this money for you. We want him. They knew who they wanted. It wasn't like Vegas said, can you take Coglin too? Yeah. The Canes wanted him for a reason that everyone will see when he gets here. You know, you've talked about him quarterbacking the second power play. He gets points everywhere he's played. This guy helps the Hurricanes. Again, you have a solid top four as you add Brent Burns in. Now, you know, everyone's sitting here like, come on, Ethan Bear, let's get things yep. going. Yep. And now you have six deep. Seven with Jalen Chatfield. Correct. Or whoever else young guy shows up at camp and dominates. Right? Yeah. You know, I just think the Canes defensively are better. And I think the big question everyone always said to me, here's the text I got. And everyone says, whoa, Brent Burns is 37. Again, go back to our social media and look at Brent Burns in our gym. Yeah. What he does. He's in better shape than most 27-year-olds. Correct. He's huge. Guys like that have longevity to play the game. You know, Zidane Charo was, how old am I? 44 last year. We could say 70 if you wanted, I believe, in the way he could say that. He's just just younger than me, 44. So don't get caught up in the age thing. The way these guys train and the way they take care of it. Brent Burns knows that. The way he lives, the way he trains, the way he takes care of himself, that is a big thing in that yeah so yes i agree with you canes defensively and again that's with the utmost respect to tony d'angelo yeah but i think brent burns gives you a bigger body a little more physical a little stronger in your defensive zone um in the corners and offensively a little bit better than tony d'angelo well he fits right in with what the canes want to do and again that's not a knock on tony d'angelo because of the season that he had but you're adding Stop me before I 
say something maybe I will regret when you go all time. But you are adding one of the 20 best all-time offensive defensemen in the history of the league. In Brent Burns, the numbers would kind of pair that out. Would you yeah. put him in that cat like yeah. 10, 20, 25? Like in, I was I mean, going to go a little bit higher, maybe top 15. I mean, he's one of those guys you take a look at every year. He scored 40 goals one year. Uh, I don't know if he scored four. No, because it, he played forward. So he had that hybrid year where he'd move up. <laughs> That's a weird year. He'd move up and then play D and all that. But he's, he's a guy who, oh, by the way, if you do need him to move up and play forward, he still has that capability. No problem. Pulling um, up his career stats right now. But it, it's uh, he's just one of those guys who... 29 is his career high. Yeah, which is, for a defenseman, is pretty ludicrous. But one of the things I was going to go back to and circle back to about Florida, and when you say, you know, defensively, where we know the Canes have gotten better, this becomes a copycat league. How many people do you think looked at how Colorado just won the Stanley Cup, Shane, and said, we don't need an elite goaltender, or we don't need to have a bruising six defenseman. We need to have a bunch of guys who are skilled playmakers. And if you're Florida, they're going to look at Colorado and be like, Colorado just said, we're going to outscore you on our way to winning the cup, which they did. But Colorado also sneaky forward defense, meaning their forwards come back and play defense. They don't just sit there. Uh, we uh, Go back to, you know, the guys we talked about who left Tampa after winning two Stanley Cups. Coleman to Calgary. Yep. And then... Goodrow to New Goodrow York. Goodrow to New York. Rangers, and then Gord in the expansion draft. Sure. Guys that never got talked about in Colorado. Darren Helm. Back. Cogliano. Back. Right? Yeah. Those guys were huge parts of them winning the Stanley Cup. Now, yes, they outscored everybody. And to me, I agree with you. Teams are looking at that, and the Canes have looked at that by additions they've made. we got to score more. We have goaltending, right? We have, I mean, stop me if I'm wrong. Take it or send it right back right oh, now. Wait a minute, wait. Give you we one. have this? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Now, I know you're going to argue a little bit on Kale McCarr, but through six, right, all six combined together, the Canes defense are better than Colorado. It's a great question. It is a great question. Um, I hope everyone's thinking about it out there. Kane six right now. Burns, Slavin, Pesci, Shea, Bear, Coglin against the six for the Colorado Avs. Right. Now, Kale McCarr tilts it a little bit, but after that, you got Taves. Eric. Eric Johnson, Sam Girard, they went out and picked up Josh Manson, and then they signed him to re-signed. Yep, Devon Taves. Devon Taves. Really good. He's really good. Kale McCarr, and then uh, Bowen Byram, who young guy, young guy, really good. Great draft. That's a great question. It is a great question. <sighs> It'll be close. I'm going to say things, and people in the hockey world are going to say we're homers by doing this. I maybe, maybe no, no, the question you, is they're better. You, I think you're probably going to say no, but they're even. I think that's. I just think a lot of things cancel each other out. Like I think the one thing where I'll probably send it back because as you named all those guys off, I think defensively the Canes are probably better than that yes, group. The, if we're just talking about 
playing defense in the zone. The Canes are a better group. Right. I believe that. But you take the offensive and that's McCarr part, and those that's guys. that's how the game's played now. Right. So does that make them even? Does it make does that give the edge to Colorado on the defensive side? Canes have better goaltending now. Yeah, they do. I mean, as a team, the Canes are a better team defensively by miles. So, and but, that's, that's where I go back to, and we're going to get into it here in a little bit, when you talk about what you need to win. And the Canes address scoring with picking up match pa- Max Pacioretty. And a big reason to me why Tampa couldn't beat Colorado without Braden Point is huge. Yes, he played a couple games, but he was like at 48%. Like, that is some high-powered offense you lose right there. And when Colorado has all theirs, yeah, you don't, you can't win. You don't have a chance. Um, as good defensively as Tampa is, you have to score. You got to be able to light the lamp, and that's what everyone always asks me when they we talk about the Canes and their loss to the Rangers. What happened? Well, you give some credit to Shesterkin because he did play well, but the Canes just couldn't find the back of the net. And and Rod said in an interview, he goes, "It's not like we didn't generate chances. Right. You just didn't score." And that happens in the game. That happens as a goal scorer. You might be a 50-goal scorer, and you could go through a stretch of six, and you get zero. It just happens. Sometimes the stick goes off. You don't get the bounces. We talk about bounces all the time. And you don't score, and that's what the Canes are going to need this season. You need a couple bounces, but you need guys putting the puck in the back of that. You need one, two, three lines clicking along, putting the puck in that, and your fourth line chipping in every now and then. That's what... What Colorado did was one, two, three could all score. Their fourth line did with Helm and Cogliano everything they wanted them to do. Uh, just simply put, was it late in the year or early that they put up eleven on somebody? Yes, because <laughs> like that—that that was a sign to me going like, this is the National Hockey League, and you just put up eleven on somebody. Like, if you have games like that, and that's where I think where I go back to the Canes and when they're scoring. Like, I want them to – the mercy rule doesn't exist anymore. I think you got to drive nails through it because you're really more focused on – and what we hear about in wins and losses, and we hear the coaches and players always say, we're worried about ourselves. In those games that say are 5 nothing, that third period should be your best. You should make it 8 9 nothing because you're playing even better in that period. Don't ever take off the gas because that comes into play later in the season. When you're going to need those big goals. Um, but yeah, that's the biggest thing to me after the summer. We talked about Brent Burns. We talked about Coglin adding offense. And then up front, you have Max Pacioretty and Kasha that I think is looking to get back on track and, and do what everyone's expected him to do since being drafted in the National Hockey League. Got to have goals. The Canes will have the goaltenders back. The 6D are really, really solid right now in my eyes, for the Hurricanes. They didn't put up 11. They put up nine on the Kings, who are a playoff team. No 11s? No, 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 no double digits for them. But they had a stretch, Shane, in December, starting on December 6th. They scored seven, seven, seven. That should be a song, by the way. <laughs> then they went three, four, two, had a lull. And then went four four seven to close out the month. They scored lots of goals. In fact, uh, they're pretty good. I, I was it Florida who hung eleven on somebody. 
Maybe. Somebody did, Somebody hang, did 11. hang 11. So. Was it on Detroit? I think it was on Detroit. Mm. Uh, that's when uh, they kept switching the goaltenders. Yeah. So. But nonetheless, we digress and get into, all right, what's the one thing for the Canes right now here on July 29th? You could add, not a exact person, but add a piece. What's the piece you're adding? You adding center depth? Are you adding? We just talked about how we like the blue line. Are you adding more grit on the blue line? Are you adding more grit up front? Are you adding another goal scorer? Are you adding a center? What is the one thing? If I gave you the keys to the car, you're going to say this is what we need to make it better. A very good team, by the way, because now we are talking about taking a team. Am I picking? That feels I mean, they should win the cup. I have catches in this answer. Am I asking for somebody who the Canes can right now fit in their cap? Or can it be anybody? It could be anybody. And, well, it, and it doesn't have to be. I mean, I mean, we could all say Connor McDavid. You know what I mean? But I'm just saying, what realistically, you look at how this roster is. What's the, all right, if we add X piece here, it's better. Or, you know what, let me, let me take that pressure off your shoulders. I want to make you an owner, team president, general manager. Okay. Shane, you're building a team. Yeah. How do you build it? Do you build it from the net out? Do you build it from the blue line out? Do you build it up front and then work our way back? That's probably just as hard a question because two, you know, I give you three scenarios that pop into my mind, right? I could go goaltender. Tampa Bay's got a pretty good one who's led them to two Stanley Cups. I could go defensively because Kale McCarr is, to me, arguably the best defenseman in the league with what he does, not only defensively but offensively. Or I could go, let's just go all up front with Connor McDavid, who's just going to score 150 points every year. And and that is the big question of what is the most important part. To me, it is, and I always say these answers because I'm a forward, I will take the elite, elite sniper up front. See, I'm going to disagree with that because isn't that what... Respectfully disagree, please. Always, (laughs) always. But isn't that what Edmonton put together? Whoa. Not just one, but two. They went a little... David and Dreisaitl. Well, they went... Go back further than that. (laughs) They went like six in a row. When you keep drafting number one, you have no choice but to take the guys who light it up. But as a smart owner slash GM, I mean, would I do both? That'd be fun. (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't. I mean... I'm giving you the whole organization. Right, so you have to be... If I'm taking Connor McDavid and you take a Leon Dreisaitl, you have to find... <laughs> I mean, you cannot make the mistakes at the other positions like right. Edmonton has done. Right. There is far... And I'm like, I can't say anything this year because I haven't seen Jack Campbell play there yet. There were far in the past few years better goaltenders out there than what they had. And both those guys. And the four-year deal they give Koskinen was a joke. Talk about finding a blind squirrel, finding a nut. Hey, hey. Where's that guy going to play this year? You, sh- you of all people should know, you never fault the player for taking the money. I'm not you, blaming the guy. You lock that up. No, I'm blaming the GM. You lock I'm blaming my, my counterpart in Edmonton, the You're GM. You're projecting right now. Don't project on me. Where is that guy playing this year? Switzerland. Just saying. <laughs> a beautiful country, by the way. I played there. Um... You can't make those mistakes. 
at other positions. You have to be able to balance. Again, we talk about the old school Nintendo game all the time. You can't pick all the skinny guys. You can't pick all big guys saying you're going to just go run over everybody. You have to put the puzzle together. And the hardest puzzle right now for GMs is the cap. But I'm just saying, if I was picking somebody, if I had to pick, I'm picking Shane Willis's team mm-hmm. right now from the National Hockey League, I'd take Connor McDavid first. Well, I don't, I don't think anyone's ever going to disagree with you on that one. I'm not. That's my pick. But are you saying you're <clears throat> going to take a defenseman before you pick him? If I'm building a team. Yeah, who are you picking? I build my blue line out. Who is it? I think I'd take Cal McCarr. He kind of counteracts my offensive that's, punch. That's why. Um, but I like offense. Offense sells tickets. Like if, if, if we did this draft, like how we were going to do that, that's the, the tough thing for me because, I mean, if you're telling me that I can have Connor McDavid and build my team around a generational superstar, yeah, yes, I'm going to build my team around Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby and Wayne Gretzky. Like I'm, I'm always going to want to build around that superstar. But if I'm building a team to win, I kind of like how the Canes have built it with Slavin and Pesci. And then you add the offensive pieces. You add Ajo through the draft. You go out and make deals for other offensive players. You find Now, I think you need a little bit of luck when we're talking about building teams. Like when the Canes moved up from 11th to 2, and they're able to draft Andrei Svechnikov. But if, if you can give me a, a real solid blue line where I can throw out a pairing that is going to counteract Connor McDavid. Yep. And the reason why I say that I see it every time the Canes play the Oilers when Jacob Slavin steps on the ice against Connor McDavid. Yep. Well, and I think that's the thing. Like when people listen to this, when we say build us your team, you're not the only person picking, right? Right. You pick one and then 31 picks later, you pick again. To build your team, this would be a this could be a fun thing. Maybe we do this during the season. You and I, uh, do they have a thing where you can pick actual players and I can pick actual players and we keep track of what they do and maybe have wins? Yes, it's called fantasy hockey. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's why I'm, maybe, maybe I believe we play all the time. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe we'll get uh, maybe we'll get some people who listen to Kane's cast involved in it. Fans against. Me and you. I was going to say experts, and I'm like, that's no, not no, the right no. word. Well, you're the expert. Well, not really. I'll just, I'll just, you tell me who to okay. draft. Okay, how draft. many people are we letting in? Uh, they need to first Venmo me. <laughs> Shane R. <laughs> R. Willis. And then you can Venmo me. Yeah. Well, no, we can't take money. There's no gambling. No, no, no gambling. We'll set up, we can set up something free. That would be a big pool. Then we got to set up the draft. No, it's, it's easy to do. I'll do it. All right, fans. But I think we need. I think we need to make it small. I think you and I. I don't think you and I. We let in like the first ten people. Well, how many teams do we want to have in? That's what I'm saying. Twelve teams, ten teams. How hard do you want to make it? <laughs> I want to make it where we win. Oh, that's a natural. Exactly. No one can beat us. So, um, just putting that out there. Yeah. We'll put it. We'll put it out there. If if a fan beats one of us, if a fan wins, we buy lunch at R and D. Like if one of us wins, I don't know what happens. We'll figure it out. <laughs> is, that, is that considered gambling? No, because we're not putting any money into it to play. Okay. So if somebody f- has to buy a suite. <laughs> <laughs> if Mike and I win, the person in third place buys us dinner at Ruth Chris. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like where this is going. Uh, we it, make the rules, Mike. It's our show. Maybe ten. Maybe ten teams, like uh, us versus nine yeah. people. We'll, yeah, figure we'll, it out. we'll figure it out. Just get your start studying now, people. Yeah. We'll do the draft after training camp. Usually the first week of October ish. Yeah, there's that gap in between the preseason and the start of the season. Yeah, it's got to happen like a Monday night. Yeah. So the preseason ends, I think, like October second, mm. uh, and the regular season starts on the randomized. 12th. Oh, who gets absolutely. first pick? Well, we do. Yeah, you get second. I could take first. No, you and I are going to be on the same team. That oh, we're on we the same get, team. That way we can get more listeners. Way more. More people against us. They have us. no chance now. No, zero. How much will we argue? None. You have the final say on players. Okay. And the reason why we can't argue is every year I get into the playoffs, I should beat you, and going into the last weekend of the head-to-head, you then all of a sudden win every single category. Yes. You also I, I make a lot of moves. You you also have a, a I got to bring baseball into this. You have a version of the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> when you need players, you just go, "Hey." I start unloading. It doesn't matter who you are. You're liable. There's no movement clauses on my team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for somebody to offer us something ridiculous. That's all. <laughs> so, we can come back and be like, "Are you are you serious? Are you serious you want to trade this?" You, you want to make this deal? Uh, we've got some people on the old Twitter who want to talk to us. Oh. Uh, Howie Handorf coming back from last week. Shane, I met Shane's love of Uncrustables. Cold or deep fried, you can't lose with their goodness. And also, the wrong side of portage has to be a description that needs to be used more. <laughs> I love that tweet. Yes, Uncrustables. Can't beat them. Also, maybe, maybe you know this. Maybe not. Not every grocery store carries these Uncrustables. Honey. They even come with wheat bread. Peanut butter and honey Uncrustables. They are out of this world. You're the, you're the guy who hit me. I mean, grape, strawberry, honey. always great. The Nutella ones, a little sneaky snack. Honey. Look for the honey in your local uh, grocers. Uh, we got some questions. I put this out. I did not expect to get this kind of feedback, but here we go. Well, people have been missing us. I know. You uh, know. Olivia wants uh, to know, where do we think the Canes have grown the most thus far in the offseason? Blue line. Beard right. ca- beard category. Yeah, beard. <laughs> de- facial hair. They have grown leaps and bounds in the facial hair category. And wild animals. Yeah. Brent Byrne brings a lot to the table. Yes, he does. <laughs> Tattoos, facial You'll say hair. defense. I'll say a few more goals. I'll I say would. that. I think, I think both are right. Thank you, Olivia. Oh, wait. Thank you. Thank you. She knows. Uh, this is from Archer for Canes to tag on. I was going to ask, do you think the roster is pretty much set or do you think the Canes will still make some moves? I'm of the belief of this front office is always looking to get better. Always looking, always listening. Yeah. Always looking. So I, this might not be a definitive answer, but I, I'd say, are they looking to make some moves? Yes, but I don't know how active they are. Do you know what I mean? It's. Right, it's a little bit more That's, of a, a little bit more of a hard discussion now. Of does it make us better at this point? Right. I mean, is is that a? I think that's a fair enough answer to get in there. So, uh, I said early bird in the tweet, and uh, Kristen Marie said early bird in cry laughing because she's been at work since five forty-five this morning. What are you, a farmer? Why are you awake that early? Yeah. What are you doing? Gracious, uh, Blake Cole. Obviously, the nature situation is strange at the moment. What? If any impact would him being in the dressing room this year have after being critical of Rod? He wasn't really critical of Rod because you could say, well, Rod was critical of him. There was the talk of like they remember they had their back and forth. Now, it wasn't, I don't think that was critical. I think that was just a player. I think it's more of 
of the fact that Marty Nietzsche maybe has expressed himself more of feeling that he should play center and, you know, Rod's on the side of you don't play like I want you to to play center yet. And we're kind of deep in center. Who do you want to move? Like, what, where do you yeah. fit in in center? Yeah. Or show me why I should play you at center. You know, I go back to my conversation that we had about Ethan Bear. Marty Natchez fits in the exact same boat. Big summer, big start of the year. Prove yourself. Right. I'm probably harder on Marty Natchez than Ethan Bear. Prove yourself. You think you're a centerman? You think you're an elite goal scorer? Prove it. And prove it daily. Right? You can't go 21 without getting a goal. Right? You can't go. I think if you want to be elite, you can't go 10 without getting a goal. A big summer. Again, is it awkward? No. If a deal gets signed, if it's a bridge deal, whatever it might be, and he's back, you you can't have those, I guess, walls or issues in the locker room. If you do, if it's an issue, and this is why I'm saying it's not, yeah. Rod would have had Don Waddell move Marty Natchez. Right. That's pretty simple. No organization is going to sit with a issue in their locker room. They're going to make a move that benefits the player and the team, period. Uh, but big offseason and big start of the year for Marty Natchez, plain and, and simple. And By the way, I don't think that Rod bristles at that. I don't think the guys in the locker room bristle at that. I, I get Blake's question, and it's, I think it's a, a fair question. When you say the Natchez situation is strange, the only thing that's strange is it's what kind of deal are the Canes going to give him? Yeah, it's, this is a that's harder – That's what makes it strange. It's just a harder situation because of – the player, again, do I fully believe Marty Natchez has great talent? No question. Right. We've seen So it. the player and agent believe that and say, well, we're restricted free agents. They don't have a lot of leverage, but they're saying this. Well, last year wasn't the greatest for Marty Natchez, so the team's saying we want to do something shorter to see if it pans out. Right. You know, Marty Natchez is probably pushing for a little bit more money and a lot more term right. than the team's ready to commit to because of last season. And that's just the business. So as a player, to me, you have to grasp grasp hold of that and come out and play and play hard and play better. Earn it. That's, that's the plain and simple. And that's it. I mean, hey, you come out and fire off 25-30, you're going to get paid. This right. team wants you to do that. That means that means they win if you're doing that, Martin H's. Exactly. Uh, this is from Kerry Cronin. I'm going to go, would the Canes ever consider a bridge deal and I'm like, like for the Peace, the Peace Street Bridge, or the Peace Bridge, where I grew up, or is she referring to? I'm going to go with maybe a, a bridge deal for Natchez. Yes, I, I think every every kind of deal, folks, every deal where teams feel that they can maximize their cap space, always explored. That's just what it comes right. to. And I think another, yeah. you know, why I think a bridge deal fits in place. One, it protects the team because. Say the acquisition of Max Pacioretty really pays off this year. Maybe they want to keep him around. He makes a little bit more money than Martin H's. Right? Right. Other young players. Maybe there's another young player that, again, this team is not done. They don't have all these signings done and be like, whew, it was a good summer. We'll see you guys next summer. They're already looking at next summer. Who's becoming a free agent? Who's going to be available that we may be need some money for. That plays into every deal that a team signs with a player. Right. Is the next year, two years from now, what do we need to get? And who's up? So a lot of factors in that. All right. I know that uh, time is running short for you, my friend, so I'll get this one quick. This is from Margaret Hogan. Mike, with many new players drafted, are you going to have to work on name pronunciations? Well, if you 
go online, you know that everybody thinks I have to work on name pronunciation. So yes, yes, I do. Uh, but we go to the players and ask them their names, especially yeah. you know, as long as they the don't change players. it a couple yeah, times. Yeah, oh, that and that always happens. And you know, Kasha, yeah, Andre Kasha, Kasha. But who knows? Someone he asked me that the other day. Else. Kasha. Well, I mean, it's I'm not Case. Upset that uh, Andre Pacioretty. Andre Sekera retired, but did Andre Sekera retire? I don't know. Maybe only one of them did. It's, it's the same guy, <laughs> but he had all of the names. Uh, are there any names you're looking forward to saying? Uh, I don't want to uh, label anybody out of this, but Cruz Lucius has so many good uh, things to work on. Wow. Fourth round pick. Cruz Lucius. For the Carolina Hurricanes. We'll hopefully be saying that uh, a little update in the, the prospect camp, right, as yeah. the four teams arrive in Raleigh this year for a little mini tournament. We'll be saying that name. Michael. Making the calls. Shane, breaking it down. Where's that going to be? Live on our uh, Kane's stream. website? It'll be streaming. Streaming. Yes. <laughs> Follow Hopefully. our stream. Hopefully we don't use live barn cameras. They're terrible. Uh, well, we'll figure out <laughs> what we got to work with. I think we're actually going to have cameras there. Yes. Uh, Aaron Manning writes, who are you more excited about, Burns or Pacioretty and why? This is such a cop-out answer from me. I'm excited for both of them. Uh, if I have to pick one, Burns, because I, I, I think that he's going to make the power play dynamic with what he does on the blue line and, and how he can score and how he gets his shots through. But I'm excited to watch Max Pacioretty play every night because this is a 30-goal scorer who, when he's when he is healthy on the ice, he, you notice him. Every time he's got the puck, he is a guy who makes the right play. So I want to say both. If I have to pick one, Burns just because of everything the flair he brings to the game, but man, Pacioretty's a hell of a player. Yeah, I think the other part that I want to dial in on about Max Pacioretty is being around a guy we just talked about, Marty Natchez and Andrei Svechnikov. Yeah, because he doesn't score on the perimeter. He has a great release, no question. But he knows how to find those areas, those goal-scoring areas. He's around the net. He's hungry. Another part that shouldn't get overlooked is that leadership and that maturity of Max Pacioretty and what he brings into that locker room. I, I just think you add two players who want to win the Stanley Cup, who know how to win hockey games, who know how to be pros, but they want to put their name on the cup. That's going to be a big part of this. Which, Zachary Martin, what kind of impact are you hoping to see Kasha Burns and Pacioretty bring this season after the moves to bring them in? I'll win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, that'd be uh, exactly what I'm looking for. The impact, I mean, Kasha's a guy we haven't talked about right. a ton. You and I have mentioned before that he's a guy the Canes have kind of had their eye on a little bit his whole career. Right. Um, he's only 26. He's six foot. He's one eighty seven. You know, career stats. He scored twenty before in Anaheim. Eleven seven. He's just had ever since his twenty goal season. He's just couldn't avoid the injury bug. That's. I mean, you look at his games. He scored twenty goals in sixty six games. So he didn't play a full season that year. But then he only had thirty games. Forty nine, or sorry, fifty four. Three fifty. You know, just a tough stretch for him. And again, we always talk about how important the summer is, and you mentioned what are these guys doing right now. Another guy right there who is in grind time, getting himself ready to be the elite level, that to get his career back on track. Because a guy in this situation, you know, with those injuries, he's close to teams being like, can't take him, too injury prone, right? So again, can't make it back. 
This is another. When you have hunger like that in your locker room, it's a it's a positive for the team. I know. And it's another. He's got the talent. Go prove it. Correct. And if he can put 25 up on the board, 20 on the board in that role, that'd be outstanding. Uh, how much cap space is left? Some. Four mil. Uh, right now it is set at $4 million, but you Oh, sorry, uh, I just signed Ethan Bear. Well, so it'll be 1.8. is left right now. That's not including... Yeah. Not including getting... Because uh, I think that if you're looking at cap-friendly, which I am right now... That Jake includes Gardner, Jake Gardner on the roster. Jake, No, Jake Gardner is still listed as long-term injured reserve. So that money is not there. And you remember, you can go over the cap in the summer. Yeah. Uh, and you don't have a deal for Marty Natchez done. So $1.8 million right now, which leads to a very good question. Uh, do you think there will be any more players signed this summer? Yes, because you have to sign Marty Natchez. So there will be... <laughs> Easy answer. There's, there's, I mean, there will be one more one more signing to get into. Uh, this one for us, if... Uh, if you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Ross, for the outdoor game at Carter-Finley in February, both of you do pregame snow angels, except not in the snow, but a large amount of grated Parmesan cheese. I'm going to say no. I'm sending that back. I'm sending what? It's a little weird. I don't get it. I don't want to get it. Uh, not, yeah, we're sending that back. Yeah, Parmesan all cheese. Way, all the way back. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, do you guys have any insight preferences on who the next Jersey affiliate will be now that Adidas says they'll be out after 23-24? That, that was a little... Shocking to a lot of people yesterday. Who do you want it to be? Can we go some throwbacks, some CCMs? CCM, 20-pound jerseys. <laughs> um, Nike had some good jerseys back in the day. Yeah, but this, no, I'm not going Nike. I'm going to go Under Armour. Oh, yeah, I'd like that. Let's make that happen. Okay. I'm with you. I'll make a call. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, this goes... Oh, Jordan Spieth, <laughs> show up. No, not Jordan Spieth. <laughs> uh, if you could go back in time and redo or undo one trade that the Canes have made, what would you change? John Stevens. I mean, back in time. There's a lot of deals. That that they'd undo? Yeah, or redo. Well, the redo deal is you bring Rod Brindmore back into town. Yeah. Or when you brought Justin Williams in from Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay. Or the Nino Niederreiter deal. For Victor Rask. That was a win. I mean, there, there's... I can bring Doug Waite back in, Mark yeah. Reckie. I mean, there's... Won the Cup. Yeah, there, there's so many deals that you look at and say, yeah, absolutely, I would redo that over again. I mean, undo... And I, I think that the one thing the Canes have done, like, is there really any that jump out? And again, we're obviously not because they don't jump out in our minds that you would say, oh, they lost that. They lost that trade. Everybody wants to... Everybody always... Like, the one deal that's, that comes up right now is the deal for... Dougie Hamilton, Michael Furland, and Adam Fox, which sent out Noah Hannafin, Elias Lindholm, Elias Lindholm, and a pick. Right, but think about the fact that if Adam Fox stayed here, yes, and what you have to look at is it's it's great that Elias Lindholm had a selkie season. Hold an on, unbelievable stop season. right there. <laughs> Please, everyone, tweet me in this year at the end of the season. Elias Lindholm's numbers this year. When you're not on Twitter, so don't. When, tweet Mike. Oh, God. When you're not playing, you've just lost both your wingers. Yeah. You've just both lost both elite-level wingers. So is Elias Lindholm going to have that chemistry with Huberdeau? Probably. Maybe. You hope so. But there's a big reason. Yeah, his when numbers you look at that good. The team that was going here and who he was playing with to who he is in Calgary. Did he, did he make a step forward? Sure. Can he maintain is my question. But 
what I try to tell everybody, was that the right deal at the time for the Carolina Hurricanes? Absolutely yes. it was. Because both those players weren't playing like that. And Dougie Hamilton, on the blue line, was an elite player. Michael Furlan, that first year, added grit. The Canes make the playoffs that year. They hadn't made the playoffs in nine seasons. Yes, that was the right deal. Uh, Einstein is 2020, people. Humperdink Wade Minter. Why am I up this early? Probably having nightmares of getting toasted in the Canes 12 and up, 11 and up game. <laughs> Thanks for stepping in, Wade. It was a huge performance Did, by Wade. Is that really his Twitter handle? H. Wade Minter. Oh. No. It, it, the, I don't know what the H stands for, so I'm just going to keep throwing names with an H. Humperdink, Humperdink, Humperdink. Okay. Did he just ask a question? Yeah. Why am I up this early? That's why I said he's probably having nightmares of getting lit up. Yeah. So, uh, for Shane, why am I asking another Ross question? Ross is back. Same guy? Yeah, same guy who wants us to do snow angels and parmesan No cheese. to the cheese. Teammates are changing regularly on teams, but as a player, what does that kind of upheaval mean? Do you just get used to it, or is it always a battle in the offseason dealing with the emotions of seeing a friend go somewhere else? Both. There you go. It's a business now, too. It's a business. It stinks. I mean, you see the guys, you know, going to each other's weddings all summer. You're, you're friends for life. Obviously, when you step on that ice, it's a battle, and you're both trying to win. Um, but it is tough. It is tough to see someone who maybe is your road dinner buddy, right, going out the door to a different team. But I think if he's going to a better situation, you respect the decisions he's making for his family and his career, and it's the business. You yeah. kind of get used to it after a while. No one – there aren't many players that stay in the same place forever. Nope. So – Ross has one for me. You look around the league, observe all the trades and signings. Which movements have surprised you the most? Besides the Canes' own acquisitions or departures, which additions from the conference opponents impact the Canes the most? Well, I'll give you a cop-out answer there. Vincent Trocek leaving the Canes to go to the Rangers. That's, that's, I think that impacts because you take away a guy who's a power play player, a penalty kill player, and not only that, effective five-on-five, five, and you add him to a division opponent. So... Uh, that's that's the one I look at. I was the, talk about surprise moves. I was surprised that Pittsburgh brought back Evgeny Malkin. I'm surprised at a lot of things Pittsburgh did. But I mean that that was the I thought that they would. It, it's been nice and to me again where I look at the mistake there is a guy who still unsigned as a UFA. You know, with free agency and everyone's like, why isn't this guy signed? But Evan Rodriguez had a great year for Pittsburgh last year, and you decided to spend that money on an older. Injury prone Evgeny Malkin, then bringing back this young guy. I don't know. I, I I don't have the answer for that one. Well, I do. The guy who runs the team said these are who I want back. Well, that, that would be Sidney Crosby. He's gonna go. Like, to, he's gonna go to the wall for his boys. Carries a lot of water. So, Big Sam, something I'm sure you guys get asked a lot, but I'll ask it anyway. How are you? How's your summer going? How are the new guys fitting in this far? Well, the new guys really aren't here. Only yet. seen them once. So, uh, well, summer's good. Yeah. You had a nice little vacation last week. I did. I'm still grinding summer camps in first school. You're I'll also, take a little break in August. You're also grinding out 80s on the golf course, eviscerating golf balls. Yeah, we did have a nice day there today, you and I. You had a really nice day. I had a nice first two holes. Yes. You hit a couple great shots. I did, for me. Yeah. That's a, it's, I'm, not, I'm not saying... I, I'm, I have absolutely no shame when it comes to golf. Shane beat me by 20 strokes because Shane's excellent at golf, and I am terrible, but... On seven of the 18 holes, I tied or had a better score than Shane Willis. <laughs> Tip of the cap to you, my friend. <laughs> well, you bring out the best in me, Shane. <laughs> I know I got to be in the moment. Uh, Kane's chaos. What do you see happening with Natchez and Gardner? Um, Gardner is an interesting one for me because I think he comes to training camp and he either shows he can play and whatever. And I that, think everything's on the table with. with that's Shane the tough Gardner. part because it's an unknown 
can for he, the team. Can he pass the team physical? Can he pass the team physical? How does he look on the ice? I mean, it was major surgery he had. Yes. Uh, obviously, great guy. Great locker room guy. Great talent. It's a matter of, you know, how soon can the team get him back here to look at him, get him on the ice, right. all of those decisions. I think the team wants the best for Jake Gardner. Yes. When you come back in here and be part of the top six, right? why wouldn't you? And but you can't, again. you can't put a guy out there who can't, you know, depending, can he handle the pace and right. the, the, the wear and tear of 82 games? And on a personal note, I think I speak for both of us. We want what's best for Jake Gardner because he is a heck of a human being. He is a great guy, great guy to have in the locker room. No question. Uh, so, and when he's right, he is a very good NHL defenseman who can help your power play and put points up on the board. Uh, the nature side of it, there's not much that Marty Natchez can do. So it's right. going to get down to a point of whatever contract he and the agent and the Canes can figure out that would be. Maybe it's a bridge deal. I think it's leaning. Right. If it's that. a bridge deal, if it's a one-year deal, or, you know, if it gets to the line and, and this, there's always a chance, and we don't ever want to see it when you when you look at the situation, that Marty Natchez is not at training camp because of this stalemate, if you will. Uh, this is one up your alley, and I think a good way to end this one. Seems we've got very little toughness and grit this year. We know that come playoff time, every team needs it. I'm a little worried we'll get pushed around and will force Fetch to stand up for himself. One, I don't think you have to worry about Fetch standing up for himself. He's shown he can do that. He is heavy. Hampus Lindholm understands how heavy he can hit. (laughs) By the way, the Canes playoff series with Boston was on yesterday, and that hit came on, and I could hear you go, whoa! (laughs) I flipped by there. I didn't stop on the NHL network. Um, I don't disagree. You know, so when you you have, obviously this team is always looked at. It's not about fighting. It's about team toughness. And I think you talk about that grind in the playoffs, but I think that's an area that isn't glaring at the start of a season. Agreed. Oh, uh, let me apologize to Carrie Cronin, who gave the bridge question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a tag-on to her first question. Oh. If Natchez is re-signed with only $1.8 million in space, yeah. would we have to trade others to keep him, right? Uh, are we still looking to add a big-time goal scorer? Obviously, there'd have to be trades involved. So the bridge deal was about Natchez, so we said yes. So it looks like a bridge well, I didn't, deal. Well, I don't think it would be over $1.8 million. No. Well, we'll see what it'll be. So. But we'll see what it'll be. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, it all depends what, uh, what you can move in here. Coach Owen, uh, any sneaky line combinations you're excited to see out there? So if we stuck with, I'm just going to go with the line combination that because of departures and additions comes to mind. Um, if Rod Brindamore keeps, you know, the Finns together, Tavo, Aho, and the youngster who we're all excited to see back in, in Seth Jarvis, right. I now look at that second line. Svech, Kokaniemi, Pacioretty. Yeah, I like that. That's That's the line that I'm kind of excited to see. Because now you're going to give Code Kanyemi to oh, and that, maybe, the potential, and then maybe you see the Elias Lindholm, the Elias Lindholm effect on Kanyemi. Yes, Barry Kanyemi, right? With those two guys. So, uh, Jordan Hinton, and this is how we'll close it. You think the Canes are eyeing one more big trade this off season? He brings up two names: uh, Miller or Klingberg. Perhaps you don't have to trade for John Klingberg. He's an unrestricted free agent. JT Miller. Uh, remember, if you make a big trade like that, you've got to move out. Big money to bring in. Right, right. Well, and the thing is, what are you willing to move out? JT Miller only has one year left on his contract. So, number one, 
The only reason I would trade for JT Miller is if you had a contract in place that you knew he was going to accept because I wouldn't want to trade away key pieces that you get nothing out of. Right. Um, and Klingberg is going to cost too much money. I don't know if you noticed the other night while you were watching our call on NHL Network. John Klingberg fired his agent. Yeah. Not happy with the process. Maybe thought it would be done already. Free agency is not always kind to everybody. Justin Williams and I had a conversation about that the other day, and he goes, sometimes it's not always great for every player. No, it's not. It just doesn't work. And you look at guys right now, I mean, I think there's more behind the scenes of Nazim Kadri in Colorado of what they're working out. But John Klingberg thought he was going to get paid on day one. Yes. And he and still sits without a job. Look, a flat cap and... And the other part of where John Klingberg is, he doesn't. there are teams that would love to have him. Sure. But he doesn't want to go to Arizona. Right. He doesn't want to go to Anaheim no. for seven years. He wants to win, and unfortunately, the teams that are ready to win don't, don't have seven, eight million dollars, or don't want to sign a player. Uh, Klingberg's just seven years. Yeah, I was going to say, give him a max Eight thirty-two, and and I don't, I don't blame teams. He's he's late twenties at the earliest, which I will. Now pull so the three the three guys left out there that I think are probably, and again, I don't know the whole Cadre situation. Think, I think I think he ends up back in Colorado somehow. I think it's being worked out, so I don't think he's as nervous. But Klingberg. Rodriguez, I mean, guys who are like, I just had an amazing career year, and I got nothing. Like you said, and like Shane, and Shane, like Justin Williams just told you, free agency isn't kind to everybody. Sometimes when you jump over the fence, the grass is brown. Well, the other side, <laughs> the other side of it too, your realtor is saying, I can put you in this mansion, and then you realize, well, the people in that mansion haven't moved out yet. Well, and that's that's similar to you 29, know. 29 years old, uh, but he will be thirty on August fourteenth, and that's the other part of it. You know, teams that are ready to win are kind of near the cap anyway, and they don't want to commit seven years right. to a thirty-year-old defenseman. The Carolina Hurricanes wanted to bring back Nino Niederreiter. Everyone always asks, like, why did they let Nino go? They didn't let him go. There was offers made, yeah, and you know, at the end of the day, I think Nino should be mad at his agent. Because did he get did he get what he was worth in Nashville? Not sure about that. Two year deal, money wise maybe, but term wise, correct? I don't think so I don't think Nino's happy with that. No, and again, that also comes back to because we've talked to a lot of people about this. Just because a player gets traded or signed somewhere else doesn't mean that a that player didn't want to stay with the team he was at, or b that team that had him didn't want him. There's always that other party that's involved, which is the agent. And I don't fault agents for this, Shane. Their job is to get the most they can for their clients while they're playing the game. Right? Which also benefits them. That's they have a job. That's the... the Remember, they're not ag- the agents aren't doing this for free. No. So if they can get... Again, do I think the Canes would have liked to keep Brendan Smith around at a right number? But maybe not for two years? New Jersey steps up and the agent goes, I got you another year in New Jersey. Okay, let's go there. Yep. The player likes stability in term. Right. And the agent makes more money. He's like, I get one more year of pay from Brendan Smith. At, I'm not sure what it is now, but when I played, it was 4%. So, and 4% of a million dollars is nothing to sneeze at. It's pretty solid. Yeah, it's good. I'd take it. Sure. Why not? <laughs> uh, just just put it there. And that's where we will end this. Shane, I know you got a lot to do. I have a lot <laughs> hey, to do. It's going back to the golf. Brady Shea, better tighten up the game, brother. You say that now. I've already beat you on seven holes. 
I just got to keep Hold on. Us, I don't even have Aho with me yet. I just got to keep us in shouting distance. No. We have to. We're winning holes. We're not going total score unless you're going some kind of cockamamie system with me. <laughs> well, it depends on how I got to win. You got to give me strokes. No, no. This I is, thought we were playing best ball. Oh, if we're playing best ball, you're done. I told you. I, I don't. I won't even bring my clubs if we're playing best. We ball. have to figure this out because I think you know Seabass and I are ready. Did you see my hands? The chipping was unbelievable. I just need. I just Hold need on. Brady your to get me within. Was unbelievable on seven holes. Eight. My putting was garbage <laughs> on two of them. <laughs> But, by the way, Happy learned how to putt. Congratulations hey, for you. Thank you. Bombing a, what, 30-footer? Yeah, my son got a putting mat for Christmas. Been working. 30-footer for birdie. That was a good bender, too. Thanks to Dr. Scott, who got us oh, out there at uh, Hope Valley. What a great time. Oh, phenomenal time. I mean, what Shane is- and I will golf with you if you get the golf <laughs> for free. <laughs> Anyone out there, we're always looking. Hands are out. Exactly. Maybe that's what we'll uh, what we'll put the fantasy I, hockey league for. Everybody I, who loses to us has to pay for us to go golf. I just think that this gets. I mean, I haven't talked to marketing yet at all, and I'm going to get fans fired up, and it's going to fall apart. I know, but go for it. If we have the the match, we'll call it. I'm going to call it. Brady Shea has to agree for me to. This be This is what partner. I'm saying. If he's smart, he won't. This do is that. where we're going to call it the match. I'm not sure if anyone's used that yet, but oh, like you and Shazy against me and Aho. Can we be mic'd up? At a course, we'll, inv- we'll allow fans. We'll allow spectators. Can we talk junk? Do yes. Okay. we will. This will be, I think it goes video. We are mic'd up. Um, no cussing. No, no cussing. Some good chirping. Like uh, I saw a great Instagram, I think, of someone chirping John Daly as he just ripped it down the middle. You look like Joe Dirt. Yeah. Joe Dirt. Yeah. You sent that to me. <laughs> Concussions, um, <laughs> but I it think was me who sent it to you. I really want to get the match going. Like I, we need to figure out when Shazy and Aho are returning. I need to get on the phone with Aho and make sure he's tight. Well, where are we gonna play? We'll figure that, that matters. Out. We'll figure it out. We're gonna take bids from courses. I because this is a major event. I am going to be forty-seven years old. I am an old man now. We might have to play Lonnie Pool and go back to the tips. Oh, God. <laughs> then I'm literally not bringing my cl- I'm not bringing my driver. I'm just gonna tell Brady get it out there. Brady, really, if we're leaning into one here, we'll figure it out. You so, can. I mean, I think we'll let courses bid it out. Well, that's the players. I mean, to get them to play, we're gonna have to let them pick some stuff. Right. We can't tell them what to do. No. I'm gonna tell. Oh, what color shirt to wear though? Oh, oh, oh don't think that <laughs> we're gonna go Euro style. Yeah, you have to go Euro pants? style. So you're already losing because you got to go Euro style. Do I have to wear pants? Yeah. Well, yes, I'd like it if you wear pants. Okay. Oh, you mean shorts or pants? Seabass, call me. We need to figure this out. Brady, let me know your favorite. And place. then we we figure out what's on the line. Brady, we let got me know spectators. Your... I know you can't hit a chip hey, with spectators. Hey, bro. I'm trying to get us some sponsorships here, and I'm trying to get my partner happy. Brady, let me know where you like to get your favorite massage, or if I need to talk to Mikey Maraska. Where his the, hair gets trimmed up. The the whatever. Flow. Where does he want to go out to dinner? Because I'm carrying all of that. This is a huge event. It's becoming a huge event. I'm going to make it. It's not huge because Brady It will be Shea, huge. We're there. Brady and we'll just Shea. bring a couple guys with us. It works for me. Brady <laughs> Shea is getting, well, huge if I'm there physically. So. All right. I just gotta it's in the works, on, people. And I just have to win one hole. As excited as our fans are for the pod to land on whatever day we actually show up at work. Correct. They're excited for this right now. They're also excited for us to do the pod live at R&D. R&D. we got to set that up, too. We'll make that After happen. camp season's over. Mid, late August. 
R and D. Yeah. Well, the the show is going to take a small hiatus because I have a honeymoon that I uh, not a honeymoon going back on a second honeymoon. In, 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 <laughs> yeah, it's twenty years. Why not? Second honeymoon, right? Isn't that what twenty years means? I don't know. I'm coming up on it. Does it next year? Well, I'm doing it this year, so oh. I'll be out of pocket for a bit. When in August? Yes. Okay. So. I want to practice my golf game. Yeah, there's, there are only going to be four people who are, oh, I'm practicing my golf game, too. Where, where are you going? going? To a place where I can play golf every day. Okay. And and here's why I'm lucky. My wife wants to play golf, too, out there. Oh. She's been practicing. She's way better than I am. If Unless, she actually played, she would smoke us. You know what I'm going to get you for your anniversary? <laughs> a putting green? No. I'm going to get you a container of sand to fill your divots. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to. You mean on the tee box? Because I don't leave them out in the fairway. Yeah. I've never seen a guy hit a driver like a wedge one time. I right, really you know, went high. Gotta play the course, man. Play the course. <laughs> uh, that'll do it for this episode of Kane's Cast. Thanks for joining us here on a Friday. Hopefully, this gets you through the week. Uh, we will try to do something. Uh, the week's over. I know. We'll try to do something next week. Uh, I have to go out west for a couple of days and chaperone my father. When are you leaving? Uh, I believe I'm leaving on Friday. Okay, you have to come to camp maybe one day. I will I will come to camp one day. I will not be able to call the games for the kids. I do apologize for that. Oh, he's out. Wade, if you're listening. Wade, you're back in. Again, the only time you You get, were great last week. Humperdink, only time you get mentioned. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm leaving late on Thursday. Okay. So we'll try to get one out before I leave. Okay. All right. Thank you for the one and only Shane Willis. I'm Mike Maniscalco. Shane, anything to add? Stay cool, my friends. Thank you.